guys, welcome back to Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the know. box? What's in the box? <gasps> what's in the box? Tell me what's in the box. This is where we'd insert the Brad Pitt. It's like, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know. Morgan Freeman comes out, punches it in the face. <laughs> Like, surprise, bitch. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Alternate seven ending. But yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back again to Tell Us What's in the Box. Um, I'm Joanna, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Danny. Hi. Wave okay. hi, even though nobody. Wait, they can't you. see me. She's they waving. I promise you, she's I waving. <laughs> um, we are here today to talk about uh, one of my personal, like, top ten favorite games to come out in the last year, and hopefully, Danny feels the same way. But we're going to talk about After Party by Night School Studios. Um, if you're not familiar, this is a video game. Um, it is a video game in which you play two best friends, Milo and Lola, and due to an accident, you get sent to hell. You have a personal demon that follows you around. Um, you have We're a demon- I know. <laughs> you have a demon taxi driver <laughs> that shuttles you from one point <clears throat> in hell to the next along the uh, river Styx. And basically, you're trying to get out of hell and you have to go on all these quests and do all these favors for all these other demons so you can out drink satan that is your you only get out of key. hell so, yeah so you can get out of hell that yeah. that is your out only party way. out drink satan. Out party yes the no, did it since buddha <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> and then there was a velociraptor sometime before that <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. It's been it's been a long two weeks. Um but but really? yeah, so you um the whole game is one of those um like your your choices matter type things. There are different endings. Um and what's interesting about this game is since you're playing as two people, it's a single player game um you're making choices for both of them and a lot of the game is very focused heavily on the relationship between milo and lola and of course you know since you're being followed around by your own personal demon you each character's personal demons are brought up and mm-hmm. how yeah. you yeah it's so-, so focused on that that it's not it's not like a first player game. I mean, like you make choices and there's a couple quick time events, but it's not, I mean, but, but like the map is not huge. You know, you have just like where you need to go and everything like that. Like, I mean, you can wander around and see a couple little things, but it's not, it kind of keeps you on the thing on the trail of what mm-hmm. you're doing because it is so focused on the relationships because it is all about, you know, the things they talk about and all of that sort of stuff. And even the relationships between the people in hell, um, when you get down to it. They're all fabulous. Oh, man. They're all fabulous. So what I thought is since Milo and Lola are kind of the most kind of important, let's kind of talk about some of the other ones first. Okay. Maybe. And then we'll get into uh, the (laughs) the big one last and kind of end with that. Sure. Um. 
So let's talk about Morning Star, aka Lucifer, aka Satan, aka Beelzebub, aka <laughs> Old Scratch, aka, AKA yes. <laughs> Just so the many. The guy names. who started hell. The guy who started hell. Not by choice. Um, no. Morningstar, I found like was such an interesting character in this. The the graphics on here are, are very cool. I thought they were very cool. It's not gory horror. Um, though there are some there are some club scenes where <laughs> <laughs> orgy demon BDSM scene. Man, oh, yes. spoiler I was alert, alert, guys. guys. Really missing out. <laughs> Oh my God, the best. But anyway, so it's mostly, yeah. it's not gory. There's lots of references to stuff and gore and tortures and things like that. But it's a very bright colored, very purple, bright red, bright pink, bright blue, pigmented. And um, they kind of made Satan like a really chill dude. Like he's kind of, he felt, you know, kind of like, you know, just like, hey, whatever, you know, and, and everything, which I thought was kind of an interesting choice. I thought it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. But in terms of Morningstar, uh, Lucifer, you figure out that he kind of has some daddy issues mm -hmm. still, which is interesting, you know, um, that the reason, so so brief, brief synopsis, what happens is, is you find out the only way you can get out of hell via your cab driver is by out drinking Satan. So you go to talk to Satan and he won't do the drinking contest with you until you get the seals of his brothers and sisters who, if you talk to people like the people in line and you talk to other people in line for, to get into Lucifer's like epic rager, um, <laughs> You find out that um, they had uh, a falling out with his brothers and sisters. And the further you dig, you find out that it's because he wouldn't shut up about, like, his relationship with his father and, like, being cast out of heaven. Like, even after all this time. Which is kind of interesting. I don't know. Yeah. What, did, what did you think? How did no, you feel one... about Satan as a character and kind of how he related I mean, he was very, I would want to say human, very mortal. Um, it's also important to note that among these daddy issues that he has, you know, with God, Lord, whatever you want to call, call his dad. Uh, Morningstar. The big I am. The big I am. Morningstar does have an alcohol problem. He is an extremely heavy drinker, will just rage and rage and rage day in and day out. And this is kind of a point of contention between him and his siblings. Um, you know, they are feeling like he's not really fit to rule hell. Some things are kind of falling apart. He's been relaxed with punishments and everything else. And, you know, they're kind of there to try to, like, whip him into shape. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole time they're still helping Milo and Lola out and they're just like, oh, well, you have to out, out drink him. But it's throughout the course of the game that you kind of realize like, oh, Morningstar, like he actually has a really 
big problem with alcohol and he's legitimately hurting over the falling out with his dad, which made him a very sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you're roaming through through the streets and you see like people impaled by spikes and other people being followed around by their personal demons, yeah. hanging by nooses on like lampposts and they're just yeah. hanging there and like chatting and everything, you know, it's still very much this <laughs> like very much this like stereotypical um, kind of Christian view of hell where it is all pain and suffering, but it's also like it lives true to to its name of the game, after party. Hell is just an after party. And it, it really is. It's crazy. There's hilarious dark humor in it. And yeah. Morningstar is at the center of all of yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, even the, uh, the like, loading screen had, like, the poster for the party. Yeah. Of, like, the eighth millionth, you know, hell prom or whatever. And, and you know, so the whole idea that he does this, like, every single night. Yeah. You know, every single night and everything. And, you know, it's a take that's been done quite a few times recently it's kind of interesting to see how you know whereas lucifer has become in recent media more of this type of character of mm. someone who's a son who has you know daddy issues and <laughs> and didn't want to do you know what father said essentially yeah and you know even in the even in the bible i'm going to bring my catholic i'm not catholic anymore y'all but you know it gets in you never mind <laughs> it just it, it just gets in you like you can't forget it like every you know you still get the and also with you like reflex <laughs> just in there but even in the bible you know it talks about how lucifer was the most beautiful of the angels and was the most beloved of god essentially before he was cast down yeah and so a lot of media including after party has kind of taken that idea of that father-son falling out relationship um you know they they've done it uh in several movies like uh the prophecy and um little nikki kind of yeah yeah and and um and there was another one uh the prophecy Mm -hmm. and there was another and then or the tv show lucifer lucifer yeah you know all kind of take that point of view and this game kind of takes that too because while you're 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 playing milo and lola you're set against the background of this person who you know has has these issues and everything and you kind of have a choice and because you get other issues with the other demons and everything too and you kind of get the choice of how you deal with those things and 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 stop me if i'm wrong but you know we're gonna get to kind of milo and lola later but they both Mm -hmm. have very different ways or different opinions about dealing with these things oh absolutely about which thing they should do and depending on what you do um you know and and whatever they have different ways of like looking at these situations and trying to solve it to get what they want Mm -hmm. absolutely Um, yeah and then also to 
whatever you choose, the personal demon that you're assigned, like at various different points throughout the game, you know, she'll come back and like bring that up with you. Be like, remember when you made this choice and you pissed off your best friend? And then, you know, she just wants to like pit <laughs> conflict against Milo and Lola. But yeah, yeah, to go to go back to Morningstar, yeah. like, you know, that's the, you know, that was the mechanics of it. So, right. Yeah. Um, so, so with that, let's kind of talk about, um, the, the siblings and kind of their kind of individual, you know, issues. Um, Polly, who was the first one I did, I don't know mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. what order or whatever. Polly was um, the first one that, that I chose to yeah. go to for, um, for the first seal. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, um, I went to her and you get the choice. Basically you find out Polly, um, who's, you know, Morningstar's, uh, sister, uh, Polion, who's essentially the judge of hell. Um, she has a problem in that there's a guy who is going to be put on trial and she has plans and it becomes evident that these plans are for her to be able to kind of take over Morningstar's place, Lucifer's mm -hmm. place, because she doesn't feel like he's been up to the task. Yeah. Right. Um, he's not running things as well as he should. And, um, and so you have a choice. You can help her and convict this guy um, who's convicted of a mass murderer, being a mass murderer, or, you know, you can let this guy go. What did you choose? I actually let him go. I Come on, I killed him. <laughs> I'm such a light Jedi. Like, I just, I just couldn't. Like, it's terrible. Killed him. I killed yeah. him. And I forget who I was, like, who's point of view I had control of at the time but like either Milo or, or I think I was Lola and then I chose to kill him and Milo was like what the fuck Lola and we're just like well we gotta do what we gotta do to get yeah. out of hell so okay so you're much nicer than I am <laughs> I'm sorry I just I know like whenever I played like Knights of the Old Republic I don't always be like super light Jedi like I couldn't help it oh no I just can't I just have a hard time with being a dick. I don't know. I just, so anyway, I let him go. <laughs> but, um, and then even, even though I let him go, like Polly, like respected that. <laughs> so she gave me her seal anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because the relationship of like, because when you looked at Polly and what she was saying, it didn't sound like, or didn't come across like this was something she really wanted to do necessarily. Yeah. Um, she wasn't all like, ha, 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 you know, I'm, I'm going to take over and whatever. It came across as more something like she felt she had to do. Like, yeah, paying for the betterment of hell. If, I can't believe that's the phrase I, I ever said, betterment <laughs> of hell. All right. Turning new phrases here, folks. New <laughs> phrases. Um, but it, so you get the sense that the people here, don't really do, uh, they, they took an interesting take on the denizens of hell, at least the demons, mm -hmm. that they're doing their job and their relationship to their role in hell is just that, as that of a job. And that they don't, they don't ostensibly take pleasure in it, 
They don't revel in it. They don't do any of that stuff. It's just kind of, hey, that's just what we do. That's our job. Yes, yeah, what we have to do to maintain the balance of yeah. good and evil. But, you know, might as well try to have a little fun doing it because it is a little dark and gloomy here. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's that when, when you go into the first I car. I like the aesthetic. I mean, I'm like, I mean, if, if this is what hell is like, I could get down with I it. Mean, like. right? <laughs> I mean, the torture from like nine to five every weekday would suck. Yeah, but, but you know, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought the aesthetic was chill. You know, they had some cool clubs and cool designs and everything like that. And, uh, you got to see like some old school stuff too, which was interesting. Um, you got to see where like if you walk around, you see where he actually like the crater where he fell, like when he fell down mm-hmm. from heaven. You get to yeah. see that, and you get to see some other historical stuff, uh, statues and things like that, yeah. and everything that kind of give you a little bit of like context about how much that one event kind of. <laughs> permeated everything and kind of everybody and how lucifer's attitude kind of permeates everything Mm -hmm. um and you know the first thing you find out is that he didn't show up to work um that morning like that's kind (laughs) of the first thing you hear about him is that he just didn't show up and everything even though they made the appointment for 11 so he would could sleep in uh, Satan apparently still didn't make it. So, but I mean, when you're sleeping off, like at a, th- a, like a, a thousand uh, year decades bender. of ragers, or yeah, whatever, <laughs> years of centuries of ragers, yeah. Um, so, so it, they really made it. You know, yes, it's focused on Lola and Milo and their relationship, but they kind of just didn't stick to that. That I felt like those other siblings and of course you have um al they they kind of focus Mm -hmm. on those two like these other relationships that you can see and and through that and milo and lola's commentary on it you kind of get their perspective of life too yeah uh, a little bit and so it's kind of interesting because then you had al who had broken up with his wife um (laughs) i chose to get him back together Milo was all ready to dance down. What I mean, what did you do? Did you just? Dance? I did not get them back together. <laughs> wow! See, now we know who's the mean one and who's the nice one. Yeah, it's it's a game about being in hell. I'm like, I could be an asshole if I want, right? It's not gonna I will say I was drunk the whole time. <laughs> like, so even there. even when you're drunk, you're nice. <laughs> Just like I could do this, I could do whatever I want. I am fueled by alcohol, but I can't. I have to get them back together. I mean, I'm like, don't I'm like, break them up like, further. I'm like that when you when you're like, uh, you get that drink, and uh, the thing that makes you like a hopeless romantic, like you can get it in the bar where Beth is before you get mm-hmm. them back to Asma. Like I totally took that, and that's like totally me. Oh no, I didn't. I would. <laughs> whatever i think i took the one that i could talk talk like a pirate oh nice (laughs) no i took i took the uh hopeless romantic one and you know i was saying shit like oh do i hear wedding bells like oh come on you know asmodeus is handsome you know, and like, you know, just trying to, <laughs> just being all romantic and, and stuff like that. So yeah. that was 
That was no. pretty fun. But then you end up playing their song and she rocks out, throws the devil's horns. Yeah. Not Buster. No, I was Not just Buster. Like, Arr, you'd be better off finding another wench. Yar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what he said, but taking the. But that's good because then we get both, uh, <laughs> both things, you know. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, her friends were actually like, no, don't get them back together. They're terrible together. Yeah. All that stuff. You know, don't we're going to forget it. about him. Don't fucking do And then it. go home and piss so we can drink some more. Mm-hmm. I was like, but- wow. It's it's interesting that and now it kind of like gives insight into how the the story structure of the game goes. Um, it, no matter kind of what you choose, aside from what what you get at the end, like when you talk to Polly, like we both had different choices, but yet the game still puts you on the same path because it's not necessarily about getting to your destination you're you're gonna get there anyways but it's about how it's about what you do along that journey and the choices that you make which is not only indicative of this developer's game um prior to this one they had also done oxen free which also yes very like relationship focused um so the the story hits the same beats no matter what but how you get or how you make Milo and Lola get along throughout the whole thing that affects the ending that affects what happens yeah so there's all these you know uh what's what's the word for it not side quest characters but that's all I can think of right now yeah and and ciliary I think that's the word. Right. Well, Did I um, see it right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, um, like there's those characters and their and their relationships. But yeah, to go can, back, you, you can tell yeah. that um, you know, the creators kind of thought about those themes because do you remember what play Milo was in? He oh my god, he was in. Was, was it a Love, Labor's Lost? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Which okay. is all about these dudes who forswear women. It's about a group of men who forswear women. And this is, mm-hmm. you get this little piece of the story as you're going to Osmodius mm-hmm. and that whole, like, his ex-wife and everything. And you're kind of talking about um, Love's Labor's Lost, which is kind of all about relationships itself, that play, that Shakespeare yeah. play is kind of about, you know, forswearing, being hurt and all this other stuff. And um, and then eventually figuring out that sometimes things are worth it in the end. Um, and so it's interesting, you get that piece as you're going to Osmodius's place. And because of that, you get a little conversation between Milo and Lola and find out their kind of thoughts on getting married and being in relationships and stuff like that. So these things are kind of catalysts for these conversations kind mm-hmm. of to happen. Yeah. And the whole the whole game itself is really like they had been best friends since childhood, but mm-hmm. going to hell was the catalyst for them to see who the other person really was. And they had a lot of, there were a lot of conversations between the two of them about like how they became friends and how they were kind of brought together more by circumstance. And yes, they were picked of, last in preschool. They were, yeah. 
you know, so that, that was, it was almost like a friendship built on necessary, like, on like, on like a support system and not necessarily anything else, which there's, there's nothing wrong, wrong with that. But again, going back to the choices that you make and how you respond to your best friend throughout the game, that decides if you remain best friends once you're able to get out of hell and resurrected and to go live your life basically. Um, because they have two very different ideas of what they want to do yeah. since they graduated college. Right. So. And they and they both have things to deal with. Um let's let's see if there were any other um let's let's talk about Wormhorn real quick. And the personal Oh the demon. the personal yeah. demon. The personal demon. Personal demon. Um you actually get a little like kind of life lesson a little bit with the relationships about relationships with your personal demon. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's a literal personal demon that follows you around, but it's this huge metaphor mm-hmm. for the relationship between yourself and your own trauma and your own personal demons and what they mean to you um, and, and what they prey upon your insecurities um, mm-hmm. with, Milo, it was his parents and his father, um, you know, kind of driving him and stuff like that. But Milo at one point says, it's not like that. You're blowing it out of proportion. Yeah, he was difficult and wasn't the best person. But he worked like a dog and English was his second language. And he did the best he could. You know, in other words, mm-hmm. like they can get bigger in your head, these demons or these things that you live with or relationships with other people. But then you got to be real kind of and understand that that they are also real people with their own issues. And how much weight do you give to what these people think of you and how because and then with Lola, it was her sister's constantly trashing her because it was um she was the last daughter like her dad had had three women uh three daughters three women well maybe two at least (laughs) yeah um had married had three daughters divorced and then married lola's mom and they had lola so these were her half sisters Mm -hmm. and they treated her as such they treated her poorly all the time um, about her taste, about her looks, about the things she cared about. But the things you get from both Milo and Lola there, I thought was that you have to make peace with those, either in the case of Milo understanding that he may have been not seeing it from his father's perspective or seeing it from his father's perspective. And for Lola realizing that she didn't care what they thought of her yeah it doesn't it can't affect her anymore i don't know what did you think about that and their relationship with their little person yeah i think it's it seems it seems like when it came to milo and lola dealing with their personal demons it sounds like we played it very in a very similar way um and just like that the whole thing of the demon popping up at random to be like, oh, now's a good time to bring up like, 
past personal trauma or like emotional issues because there was some triggering event that happened it. And it was so like, that's exactly. You're so right. Actually. I didn't realize that they were at like specific points for that trauma until Mm -hmm. you just said that. Because that's and how that's it so happens true in real of life. Personal demons, exactly. I mean, yeah. it, it literally happens as a personal demon in the game, but literally it works like your personal demons. Yeah. Yeah. The, no. These are the things that you deal with, and they don't aren't respectful of what you're doing at the time or how important it is or anything like that. Right. Um, yeah. And it it was I I don't know if you felt like the same, but there were like some like things that I could definitely personally relate to with both Milo and, and Lola, not a hundred percent exactly. Um, but with just with the whole thing of bringing up like that personal demon, that's, that's the whole thing of like, your brain, your subconscious trying to tell you like, hey, this is shit that you need to work out. I'm here to remind you this process is going to be painful. It's going to be tough and it's going to fucking suck. But how you handle it determines the outcome. Yeah. And I don't know, like, how did you develop the relationship throughout that because I tried to keep them like as best friends as possible. And I think that's why I got the ending that I got, but there were two. Yeah. There were some points where I was like, "Mm, let's just start some drama to see what's going to happen. You know, let's make them like, clearly if I pick this, I think they're going to start questioning their friendship. And at one point that did happen. I think I was wandering around. I forget who, if I was just playing, Milo or Lola, but I was wandering around alone because we got into a fight. And right. um yeah, I I, yeah, I don't you get know. into a fight. Okay. So the same yeah. thing like happens. The same, yeah. the same beats. Yeah. Yeah. So like you walk was- into Satan's and you're all of a sudden at the party, you get separated and you're all trying to be together, but then shit comes out and <laughs> uh yeah, shit goes shit actually goes down. And, uh, and yeah, that's a good point of how the personal demon is. The personal demon, their literal job, and she's trying this Miss Sister Mary Wormhorn. Mm-hmm. Wormhorn, god damn it! <laughs> damn it! Um, is trying to get to y'all. Is trying to get to Milo and Lola, and she seems not to be able to because they're together, mm-hmm. I feel like. And the time she's there, they kind of remind each other don't listen to them. That's not the way it happened. Your sisters are bitches anyway. Like, look, that wasn't your fault. You know, that sort of stuff. But she only succeeds. She only succeeds at the very end when she separates them. Yeah. And starts instead of trying to pit themselves against other stuff to pit them against each other and, and break them apart and bring out stuff about things that they have done to each other. Um, and, and that's when she succeeds and she's like so thrilled about it. You know, oh, I've been waiting and trying so hard to get under. under yeah, she was like, oh my God, I finally did it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you realize that it was because that's what happens. If you let your personal demons get to you, it will break those relationships. Yeah. If, if you, if you let them in that far, 
And, uh, and, and the end, I mean, I, I thought it very, like, how did you feel about Satan's kind of speech about personal demons? I mean, I, where he talks about them. I found it very fitting, you know, to go, to go back to the point that you just made. I see that mirrored in Satan Morningstar's relationship with his siblings because he's allowing his personal demons to (laughs) Satan has personal demons um, to affect his relationship with his siblings and how they view him, how he views them. Um, Yeah. You know, I think in some ways Milo and Lola kind of see what's happening with that and that kind of wakes them up to the fact of like, oh, we kind of need to stick together. And granted, most of the choices feel like it kind of leads the player in that direction, depending yeah. on what you had done done before. I've only gotten good good endings. Um, yeah. But it, it's almost ironic in a sense to hear Satan talking to Milo and Lola about personal demons because who would know better? Right. Yeah. Who would know better what they are? And basically, mm-hmm. for those of you who, who don't remember, maybe you played the game a long time ago or you haven't played the game, um, but Satan basically talks about in his very, I loved his voice. Oh, yeah. I'll just say his, his voice was ASMR. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I loved it. I don't know who that actor ASMR. was, but I, ASMR. Star. <laughs> Half of our audience just cringed. Like, <laughs> they got misophonia. Um, <laughs> but basically what Saint talks about is that personal demons, basically he indicates that it's time for Mary to go. And I had Lola at the time because it was Milo that ran off. Mm-hmm. And um, basically... Satan was like, well, it's time for, for Mary to die. And I was like, Wait, what? Demons can die? And he says, well, not real demons, but personal demons, lesser demons can. Because these demons make us lesser. And therefore, they are lesser. And they only last 24 hours. Not that they go away, but your relationship to your personal demons like refreshes itself every 24 hours you don't come at them the same way it's Mm -hmm. not going to be the same thing which is apt i mean that's what happens yeah you know you know something is is bothering you in a certain way one day and then the next day it's not or you have other traumas that come on top of it or even healing and so you come at those wounds a different way every day and it was kind of a reminder a little bit that these mm. things pass that that they pass on and they go and they may come back but they always go away sister mary wormhorn always went away yeah. like she did not stay with you the whole time um some people are like that but, but that it does and it can go away and you can be bigger than that and that these personal demons that you have are lesser they're lesser and they mm-hmm. make you lesser and therefore have little power and can die eventually. Yeah, which is, I found very, very true to real life, but also still ironic coming from Satan because clearly not he's, taking letting, his own. <laughs> he's not taking his own advice. No. And even yeah. once, once you get to the end, when you're like, 
ready to go and throw down some drinks with Satan. <laughs> Tossing him back. <laughs> he, um, his siblings decide to hold an intervention right at that moment. Yeah. And you kind of have to make a choice to either continue on with getting out of hell and going forward with your own personal and like goals and intentions at the cost of like driving Satan further into the pits of his alcoholism and driving a further wedge between him and his siblings or you just kind of decide to back off because I mean his siblings are already mad of like you realize he has a drinking problem and you're just like what thought he was just a party guy like no 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 like you've been kind of enabling this person this entire time and I found I didn't find that switch to be like too sudden or anything but again it was also this reminder of like you can unknowingly based on what you say your actions whatever else like y- you can have the best of intentions to some you know for somebody but you could also be <laughs> further ruining them at the same time mm-hmm. and of course like it's i found that to be both like a uh, this may may not make sense but like a literal metaphor <laughs> of that representation of somebody on the other side of things who is an enabler yeah. so there, there there was a lot of i guess allegory to yeah. that sort of thing yeah. um which Again, like if you're enabling somebody in a very unhealthy way, that of course is going to come back to you and your personal demons and you have to look at yourself and ask, why am I behaving this way? Why am I doing this? What am I afraid of? What is my relationship to this person? What do I want it to be? What do I want to be changed? You know, and those are all kinds of things that Milo and Lola start to grapple with the further you get into the game as they start Mm -hmm. to understand, like, we just graduated from college, like, we're realizing, oh my God, we are kind of two different people. Like, Lola wants to go away, and Milo just kind of assumes that she's going to stay around, and, you know, he's once that realization happens between the two of them like Milo starts to feel abandoned Lola starts to feel like she's being held back and that's kind of like where they split off um that's a great segue into talking about our main we've been holding off because this is this is the big these are the two characters that you follow through the whole thing Mm -hmm. and these are the people you know the most about and you watch their interactions um Milo and Lola like, let's talk about their relationship. Let's let's talk about having a best friend like that. Yeah. And I like they never went the romantic route. These two people. Oh, yes. They're just best friends. They're best friends. They have each yes. other back. It's almost more than romance. It's almost because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a firm believer in that, you know, the bros before hoes, sisters before <laughs> sisters, you know, like. <laughs> Dicks before chicks. Dicks like, before chicks. God. Yeah. I'm a firm believer all, in that. All those things. <laughs> all those things. I'm a firm believer in that you, you know, you get into relationships and romantic relationships are one thing. 
but there's a certain freedom in having a friend who you know doesn't expect that sort of level from you and in a way can be closer mm -hmm. and know more about you and just have your back no matter what is off sometimes more intense than a romance. You know, that's that's why the, the sage old advice is marry your best friend. Because if you have that, then that's stronger. That's stronger than sexual mm. attraction. That's stronger than infatuation. That's stronger than romantic gestures or candlelight dinners or, you know, whatever. It's stronger than that. Absolutely. It's, it's more stuff than that. I, you know... My own personal story, I met my husband in 2001. We married in 2012. We knew each other <laughs> for 11 years, 11 years before we got married. We had been friends. We had been best friends, you know, talking to each other through breakups and talking to each other through everything. We had that. We had that before anything else. And so what you see here is how strong that relationship can be. So strong that Milo and Lola aren't even separated in death and people comment on it. Like, hey, this is unusual. You two are going together. You know, and that even though they kind of knew each other's foibles and everything like that and, and ha could say things to hurt the other, there, there was, they knew that they had that other person to count on. They were doing it together and probably weren't, as scared and the only time they get panicked is when they get separated yeah. you know when they walk in and and see the other is not there like what the fuck happened where's lola where's milo you know that's the time where you get the panic mm -hmm. that's the time you know you get all that you know they know yeah. all your stories they knew each other's stories hey remember in the sixth grade when this happened remember when this happened remember when this yeah. happened uh that's strong it's very strong. I don't know what you think. How did you feel about Milo mm -hmm. and Lola and their relationship and how it develops? You know, everything that you just said, plus working through the issues that they had and when when they realized like, oh, you're not actually the person I thought you were. You want these things. But at least with the ending that I got, both of them were able to pivot and support the other person and their personal goals, their personal aspirations. Because the end that I got, you know, we we out drank Morningstar and we went back to Earth. And then Lola moves. Is Lola the moves. moves. Yeah, and, but then there's you know they're talking on the phone. On the phone, yeah. you know, like you know they're still. We got the same ending. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good. Um, if anybody got any other endings, I'd be very curious to hear because I haven't actually looked at anything yet. But that was the one thing I couldn't bring myself to do was like do anything that I thought was going to permanently destroy their friendship. Yeah. Just because like I my some of my absolute best friends until this day are people that I have known since high school. And even like two best friends that I came out of college with like that's it from college and i know a lot of people meet like they're really super lifelong best friends in college but for me it was definitely high school so a lot of people that i've met god i'm like oh, we're going on 20 years of knowing each other uh -huh. which is a really long time 
And when you stay friends that long, or even if you're in a romantic relationship that long, that is because you are able to grow with that other person. And you don't expect that other person to stay the same. How can you? How can they? You know, unless there's a huge issue, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, how can they? Yeah, but that's exactly what Milo and Lola did. They went through this massive, like, life-changing event. They realized, like, oh, my God, like, we hadn't – you're somebody else and I thought you were, but you're still the same person at the same time. I just didn't know you wanted any of this, you know. And even – it's it was so nice to see that even – in the strongest of friendships, there's still when there's something that is that massively life changing, there's there's still always going to be some uncertainty about bringing it up with that other person just because yeah. you're like I don't want to hurt them. Yeah, and that was the overarching thing that I got with their friendship was I don't want to hurt you. Yeah. I mean, that was part of the, part of the background, you know, like this thing happened, um, as they're on their way home from, you know, their graduation party, they graduated yeah. from college together. And so when you think about the implications, cause I liked that they didn't have to spell a lot out for you. Yeah. You think that they've known each other since preschool and they went through elementary school together and junior high, they mention all these grades, sixth grade, eighth grade, elementary school, high school. Mm-hmm. And then they went to college together. Yeah. Okay. They went to college together and they're graduating. And so this is the moment where their lives are pivoting away from each other, that their relationship has to grow or end. And that scares people. Yeah. I mean, that's scary. You know, I know that I have friends from college. I matter of fact, I just heard, heard from her today, my best friend from college, and we went through shit together, you know, mm-hmm. and we're still friends, but our relationship had to change because we couldn't be in the same place as each other. So yeah. you have to learn ways to support that other person in whatever they happen to be doing. Or if you can't, you know, you got to let it go you know, and, and, and that fear that they won't, you won't be as close if you're not in proximity to that person is a very real fear. And I think that's the fear that Milo and Lola go through. Yeah. Is that the fear that their relationship and the thing that they've relied on for so long since preschool is going to break or change and they won't have that support anymore. Mm-hmm. And at least in the ending I had and the one you had, you find out that that's not true. Yeah. That, 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 that they discover they can still support each other. Yeah. Even at a distance. Absolutely. I think probably one of the, what's scarier than being in a situation where, God, I just had the thought in my head and now it's whoosh, gone. <laughs> um, what's, I think, oh, what's scarier than losing your best friend to some sort of circumstance, right? And that could be anything. You know, they could pass away or move away to college, across the country, and you just lose touch. But I think what's 
even scarier than that is when you're still friends and you wake up one morning and you realize like, I don't need this person anymore. And when that, when that happens, and I know this is, this happened to me with a, with my best friend. Um, and we haven't been friends for, oh my God, this month it will be four years. Cause again, when we go back to talking about personal demons, she got addicted to drugs and then stopped talking to me and still refuses to talk. We're getting real here on the podcast. I know. Right. You know, but this is what the game does though. It is. And that's why this is such a good game because it makes you not only like dig into the relationships between the characters, but also you start thinking about your relationship with yourself, relationship with everyone else in your life. So for me, like that, I think Milo and Lola, they got to the same point that I did with my ex-best friend. And it was that, you know, I have all these other things I want to do with my life and I'm moving on. Like, I don't need you in it. And for some people, that's even scarier because it's like, does that mean that's it? Like, what, what do I do with this information? And it's just, you know, that, that just means you are way more settled in who you are with yourself. And if that person is there to support you with that, then fucking awesome. You know, you have somebody who's still going to root for you no matter what. Um, it's not necessarily at, at that point it becomes, you don't need them in your life. You, you want them there. And I think that is the most important part of any healthy relationship is like you, you want them there because then that means you're going to weather the storm. You're going to get through whatever it is. You've built up this massive level of trust that it's like, if I don't talk to you for like a month or six months or even a year, but we meet up again and it's like, we had just talked to each other yesterday then that's how that's, I mean, I don't know about you, but that's like my barometer mm-hmm. of how I tell if some, if any kind of relationship is like made to last, of course, not romantic because th- that has all different rules to it. But like, if you're, if you're best friends, like I've gone, I went years without talking to some of my best friends from high school. And then one day something brings us back together and it was like, Oh my God, why did we ever stop talking? You know, yeah. people come in and out of your life, you know, and, and some, sometimes you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with letting somebody go and realizing I don't need them. Yeah. Or that, or that trust that your relationship is strong enough to weather that life change. Yeah. Which I think is what Milo and Lola go through is that they're worried their relationship will not weather the life changes that they've gone through when they've been through so much. And in a lot of ways have, wrapped up their own identities in each other in a certain kind of way and become dependent on each other and, yeah. and how, and, and can we, can we face the world without that relationship? Can we face the changes that are coming? Can our relationship withstand all of that? Yeah. Who and am I without the other person? Who am I without yeah. that? Yeah. Who am I? And if, and if I am on my own, is that enough? And will we still be able to be friends? Yeah. You know, when you don't have the proximity, when you don't have, you know, the late night drinking sessions or the late night game sessions or the late night, whatever, 
you know, the inside jokes, the laughs, you know, any of that stuff that kind of bond people together. When you don't have that, can you still withstand and can you still rely on the strength of the bonds that you've built already? Yeah. And that's when it's like, I don't need this person. Not that I don't want them in my life, but it, there comes a point where like, even with romantic relationships, you have to ask yourself, like, who am I without this person? And if you don't know, you're too close to them. Yeah. At least that's my personal opinion with that. And that's something yeah. that Milo and Lola, like, realize in the most dramatic way possible. Right. <laughs> you Literally know? Literally <laughs> going through hell. Um, because, it, because it is. Like, you have to trust that the person will want to support you through changes and will support you growing as a person. That's the sign of a good relationship is that if you want to do something different, if you want to change your name or change your hair or change your career or, you know, reach for a dream or anything that that person will be there no matter what, they won't have this nostalgic vision of who you were and what you had and what things have happened in the past and try to hold on to that and try to hold you back. Yeah. And also you know, they won't. Yeah. And if someone cares about you and the ending I got, they, they didn't, you know, they were apart, but they yeah. were still friends and they were still best friends and supporting each other in their decisions that they made, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a big thing to deal with, um, you know, that those big life changes. Now, the big final thing that I had is why were Milo and Lola in hell? We find out, yeah. at least I found out from Apollyon that they died in a car crash. Yep. You know, she just kind of yeah. casually says that if you talk to her, ask her about mm-hmm. it. She just says, oh, you know, you were on your way back, died in a car crash, guy ran a red light, Lola died instantly, Milo three hours later. Mm-hmm. But did you? I didn't. I did not ever get a straight answer about why they were in hell. So. I have a guess. Let me, if you found out, let me take a guess. No, I didn't find out either. So you guess first and then I'll tell you what my interpretation was. Yeah. Okay. So here's my thought. Satan said something about they ask him why are we in hell and he and um and basically satan says something along the lines of like maybe you shouldn't be asking you about what you did to get here but why shouldn't you be here and my guess is is since we're so talking about their relationship and their relationship that the reason they're in hell is because of that fear they died with because of that fear they died with going from this party that their friendship and lives were going to change. And they held on to that fear and weren't honest with each other about it and about those changes. And so that's why they went to hell. That is exactly my interpretation too. Yeah! <laughs> exactly. And I mean, the whole fact, I mean, it could, you could also look at it. As hey, like, after party people, if you're re- listening to this, like, let us know. Are we right? Let, let us know. <laughs> Do you agree with her interpretation or not? Like this, I mean, uh, yeah, yes, we, that, that, that's, that's exactly. Um, And it's like, it, so like, I kind of looked at the hell that they went to. It wasn't really hell. It was kind of like, 
the Wizard of Oz. Like it was Dorothy the outskirts. Gets, it was nowhere. Yeah. yeah. It was nowhere. You know, Dorothy gets bumped on the head at the end and or in the beginning, goes through all of Oz and everything, and all the characters are metaphors. And then she wakes up in the end. And it was all a dream, right? Of course, yeah. it wasn't all a dream for Milo and Lola because the demons pop back up at the end and they're still all like buddies. But um not like yes, they had a personal demon throughout the whole thing and that haunted them. But in order for them like to work through that, they had to go through their personal hell. And that's where they were. So, you know, it's the whole thing of like hitting rock bottom and having to deal with the realization of whatever it is and work through it so you can overcome it. And that's their entire journey of talking to Polly and um, Oso and a bunch of other people is literally going through that journey. And then once they get to Satan and they're able to outdrink him and he just drops like this wisdom bomb on them, it's like, oh shit you know i had to go through this in order to get out it wasn't about me out drinking him because i don't know if you noticed it but even if you fail at the end you still get to get out Mm -hmm. because i fucked that up so bad oh did you did you i did yeah i like lost twice in a row to satan and he was it it was like once or twice but he kept letting he kept like saying rematch rematch and gave me multiple chances to work my way out of hell so that's exactly why i am in the same boat as you because they had to put in the literal work to work through their personal hell their personal demon but it's like the whole scene of um if you see ghosts, they have unfinished business. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what Milo and Lola had. And I guess people who are perpetually stuck in their own personal hell, they're not dealing with their ghosts. They're not dealing with their demons. And they will never get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's exactly why. That their, their sin and why they were there was not was not enough that the demons were not helping them out they helped them out throughout the whole thing uh were very generous to them because i think you're right they were in the nowhere they were kind of in the outer part of hell yeah you know because sam explains you know that well there's these islands and everything but then you're thinking of the you know the nine circles where all the business happens and all that stuff this is just here you know what i mean um so you gotta think that they knew everything about them like every all the demon you know knew who they Mm -hmm. were and everything like that so you wonder you wonder if that whole idea of them not being able to get a punishment was set up or not that 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 the guy wouldn't talk to them or give them their punishment or let them know what was going on yeah it was like hey you know go wander around like whether or not they were consciously given a choice mm-hmm. to, to make that journey and see if they, they could do it, which is why Sam helped them out. Who turns out, spoiler, everybody uh, is a monarch herself. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. one of the siblings and was helping them out and they were being helped out so that they could unresolve the reason why they were in hell, which is not being honest with each other about their feelings, about their life changing, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. <laughs> well, man. Okay. So we have talked and talked. This was a wonderful game. I loved it. Thank you, Joanna, for recommending it. Absolutely. I've not played it before. It was fantastic. Right up my alley, right down to the fucking demons in the, and the clubs and <laughs> and the awful jokes about children and babies. Oh my gosh, some men babies aren't going to eat themselves. So clubs, the I kid mean, who was a serial killer, and they're throwing birthday parties. Sweet. I mean, I don't know why if not? You, they're in one of the other bars. There, um, Jason Vor- Voorhees was there too. There was a dude. Where, in which a- one? in a hockey mat it was it was a little later into the game it's like the second or third bar that oh, nice. that you go to with the with the pool tables i think um oh, yeah. but yeah there's i'll post up a screenshot on twitter but yeah, hey, when, hey, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. when i when i saw it i'm like it's just I saw it. yeah it's jason i missed him how can i miss him you would have thought that i would i must have been too into the drama <laughs> i know right? um but, although, but i saw all the dead uh rock stars at the rock bar and identified them oh my god that i totally missed <laughs> oh you didn't see that like no. okay when you first walk into the rock star bar the rock bar where you meet ono it was mm-hmm. bowie amy winehouse tom jones oh my god how did i fucking and then miss over that? in the corner there was a picture of michael jackson and then janice joplin and then in the bottom it was jim morrison prince and uh uh oh who's the other one? Oh, uh bb king okay i'm gonna go back and play that yeah, yeah. tonight like you can see the skeletons <laughs> and you can talk to them and stuff oh my god yeah and uh selena and uh alaya so they all went to hell they, they were all in there <laughs> as the skeletons behind like the fishy glass in the bar Oh my god! I could tell by the outfits because they were all skeletons, but the outfits oh are what give them away. They were kind of all in like iconic outfits. Way to go, Night School Studio <laughs> Studio! Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Oh. All right. Uh, anyway, next, thank you for that. Next time. Yeah. Next time we are doing Nail Biter graphic novels um by joshua williamson and the artist is mike henderson um it ran from 2014 to 2017 in image comics and uh it's about a serial killer who likes to bite fingers and is from a town in oregon that has had 16 serial killers be born there and leave and start killing and why does that happen we will discuss it yes what do they all have in common what What do they all have in common we'll discuss it in the next episode (laughs) all right so follow us on twitter at the box underscore podcast you can listen to us on stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, and podbean give us a comment follow us on twitter let us know what you think we want comments comment on any of our stuff let us know what you thought if you played the game want to play the game anything like that just let us know or anything you want us to do in the future so let us know and have a great evening play after party you know tell people how you feel cherish your friends yeah right 
I'm just like, it's okay to grow and change. It's okay to grow and change. It's scary. It's scary. It is so scary. (laughs) It's scary, but it's okay. It's scary to open up that box. Box. Oh my God. It is so scary to open up that box. Opening up that box. What's in the box? What's in the box? Self-loathing that my father passed down to me. (laughs) Holy shit. I just wanted some old grandma jewelry or something. Yeah, <laughs> things we get from our parents we don't want. All right. Y'all have a good evening. We will see you next time. 